As I announced earlier, we're going to be going through Ephesians chapters 2 and 3 this morning. I'm going to switch it up a little bit rather than reading the scripture first and then working through the, uh, the sermon. I will interplay the scripture reading with the sermon, uh, just uh, reading the text and then uh, talking through the points and questions and applications as appropriate. Uh, before we begin, let me pray. Holy Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the ways that you work that into our lives as we, we focus on you and not ourselves. Open our hearts and minds now as you speak through your scriptures, speak through this message, teaching and showing each of us uh, your perfect plan for each of us. So in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So a little background. The letter to the Ephesians is written by Paul. He's trying to work with them to give them some guidance, give them some understanding of, of what Christ has done for them, uh, giving them some clear direction, as we will see um, as we read through the scripture. Uh, one thing that, that seems to come to mind here is we, we see through this passage here a description of God's power through Jesus Christ. And one way to look at this is to understand how uh, maybe a television works. Would you be able to watch television if you couldn't turn it on, if it would not turn on? If you have no power, you can't watch TV. There'd be nothing to watch because it's a blank screen. Television is dead and useless unless it has power and it has to plug it into the wall or the power company has to turn the power back on. Now the television comes to life when it then receives the power from the power source. Spiritually dead people come alive and become useful to God when they are plugged in, connected with Christ by faith through his grace. God has a purpose for your life that you must be connected to him to find, to come alive, and then do the work that he has planned for us. So if there's anything that you come out of today's lesson here, the message that I present, I would hope that you learn that God has a purpose for each of your lives. And he will then reveal that as you study his word and you live according to his plan. I'll begin reading here Ephesians chapter 2, verses 1 through 10. And you were dead in the trespasses and sins in which you once walked, following the course of this world, following the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience, among whom we all once lived in the passions of our flesh, carrying out the desires of the body and the mind, and were by nature children of wrath like the rest of mankind. But God, being rich in mercy, because of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ, by grace you have been saved, and raised us up with him and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus, so that in the coming ages he might show the immeasurable riches of his grace and kindness towards us in Christ Jesus. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one may boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. So we see in this section Paul is describing a life that first was without Christ, 
That is, you're dead in your trespasses, you're dead in your sin, you're not connected, you don't have the power of Christ in your life. And he tells us that this is a gift. Christ gives us a gift of the power that he has because, first off, we see that the world is, is a great influence, a great trapping of life where we follow the ways of the world, we are walking and drifting farther away from Christ. But we are made whole, we are made complete and alive by God's grace through faith in Christ. We see that the, the work that was done is not the work that we do. The work that is done is the work of Christ. Christ is the power source. Christ is the beginning and the end. He's the only way that we can receive that power because relying on ourselves and our own abilities, we fall short. Our sinful nature, the ways of the world, the power of the air, uh, Satan himself will lead us astray unless we have that power source connected to Christ. Believers are God's workmanship. We are created in Christ to do good work. So the work that we do, the things that we are called to do, we do because of our faith in Christ. Left to our own devices, we fall short. As I've said, we have less talent, we have less ability. Uh, although some people are blessed, are given certain resources and opportunities that may appear that they are blessed. But the life that they lead is typically one that is lacking in something, when we know that to be again, the connection to Christ. There's a, there's a big difference in living a life that is successful, that is profitable, that is perceived to be a joyous life. But if you're honest with yourselves and the others that you know that live that kind of life or have lived that kind of life, you do know that there's something missing in that life. When you have, maybe it's the power source that's only half on, or maybe it's a, a false sense of security or false sense of power that you then don't understand or misapply. So we see here that God has prepared work for every believer to do. Each of us are called to serve God in a different way. And if you think about it, it's kind of like a lesson plan if you're a teacher or if you're uh, working in industry where you plan out what you have to do. I'm an engineer, so when I design a building, as an example, I have to have in my mind what I'm going to do, when I'm going to do it, and how it's going to get done. God has a plan like that for us. He knows what He wants us to do. He knows what we need to do to be prepared for it. He prepares us through His Word, through our fellowship with one another, reading Scripture, coming to church, hearing gospel-inspired you know, gospel uh, preaching, which, which we follow here. We have a chance then to, to serve God in His plan and not try to change what... He has planned for us. Have you thought about the work that God has planned for you to do? How are you being a leader or a follower when it's appropriate in your workplace, whether you're at school, on a sports team, in committees, in, in different areas that you serve? We're all called to serve God in those roles. As God's child, you can work to lead friends and family to do the right things and then know God, understanding His call. Have you realized that being here today, being in His Word, it's all part of God's plan to prepare you and me for the work that we are doing now and the future work that we will encounter later. So how are you cooperating with this plan? Are you, are you submitting to His authority? Are you submitting to that 
connection, that power source that, that Christ gives us so that you can then be on the same page with Christ and do the work that he's called you to do. Our next section talks about where believers are unified in Christ. That's chapter 2, verse 11 through three thirteen. Let me read that. Therefore, at one time, you Gentiles in the flesh called the uncircumcision by what is now called the circumcision, which is made in the flesh by hands. Remember that you were at that time separated from Christ, alienated from the commonwealth of Israel, and strangers to the covenants of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. But now in Christ Jesus, you who once were far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ. For he himself is our peace, who has made us both one and has broken down in his flesh the dividing wall of hostility by abolishing the law of commandments expressed in ordinances, that he might create in himself one new man in place of the two, so making peace." It might, it might reconcile us both to God in one body through the cross, therefore killing the hostility. And he came and preached peace to you who were far off and peace to those who were near. For through him we both have access in one spirit to the Father. So then you are no longer strangers and aliens, but you are fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God, built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets Christ Jesus himself being the cornerstone, in whom the whole structure being joined together grows into a holy temple in the Lord. In him you also are being built together into a dwelling place for God by the Spirit. For this reason I, Paul, a prisoner for Christ Jesus on behalf of half of you Gentiles, assuming that you have heard of the stewardship of God's grace that was given to me for you, how the mystery was made known to me by revelation, so as I have written briefly. When you read this, you can perceive my insight into the mystery of Christ, which was not made known to the sons of men in other generations, as it has now been revealed to his holy apostles and prophets by the Spirit. This mystery is that the Gentiles are, are fellow heirs, members of the same body, and partakers of the promise in Christ Jesus through the gospel. Of this gospel, I was made a minister, something to, according to the gift of God's grace, which was given to me by the working of his power. To me, though, I am the very least of all the saints. This grace was given to preach to the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ, and to bring to light for everyone what is the plan of the mystery hidden for ages in God who created all things so that through the church the manifold wisdom of God might now be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly places. This was according to the eternal purpose that he has re realized in Christ Jesus our Lord, in whom we have boldness and access with confidence through our faith in him. So I ask you not to lose heart over what I am suffering for you, which is your glory. So we see here that Paul is starting to reveal the things that God has revealed to him about the church. As you remember, there were a lot of apostles working throughout the world at that time. They were typically going to the Jews first, and then God called Paul, ironically enough, one of the staunchest opponents of Christianity, of, of that work at that time, converted him completely, flipped him totally upside down, became one of the strongest apostles and teachers and preachers of his time, based on the letters we see here, we see how, that, how effective he was. 
So he is understanding completely God's plan. He's been revealed to him. He sees first off that Jesus brings near to those who were formerly far away from God. So he's seeing here, he's telling them, you are part of the family that was called by God, that you were away, you were not part of the tradition, you were not part of the original you know, chosen people, if you will, because of the way uh, God's plan worked. The Jews were his chosen people, are still his chosen people, but yet always God had a plan to include the Gentiles. And if you recall from your other Old Testament reading and other, other studies of the Scripture, there was always a little bit of a snippet of that where you could see where a Gentile would be part of God's plan, be part of the family, be brought in, bringing uh, ill, sick, crippled children, family members to Christ. You could see that that was starting to work even with Christ on the, before he went to the cross. So that's all part of that plan. And then because of this, Jesus then brings us peace and access to God for those who are far away. Through Jesus Christ, we have the ability to come to God and to be part, we are part of the family. We're all part of that family here today, throughout the world. We're all part of God's family because we are drawn together through Christ. Of course, being a structural engineer, you've heard me talk about this before. We see here that he uses, again, a great uh, illustration that I like to use a lot in terms of uh, metaphors, if you will, a foundation. When you build a building, you, the first thing you have to have is a firm foundation. That firm foundation is based in Christ. And the cornerstone is even more important because that is the, the primary piece in which everything then is built from. So uh, Peter or Paul here tells us that the foundation is built on the apostles and the prophets with Christ Jesus being himself the cornerstone. So the foundation is a strong element. Without that cornerstone, even that foundation is not solid enough to support the building of which he builds his house, us, the body of believers, and we all then join to dwell together in Christ. Chapter 3 begins with Paul explaining the mysteries of the body of Christ because many people thought that that body was only going to be the Jews. Again, Old Testament scripture leads to that. That was all part of the plan. But the plan was also always to be part, have part of the, have the Gentiles join as well. And that mystery that they talked about was the mystery that the Gentiles are also fellow heirs. That includes us. And we see that Paul tells us that his role is then to be the preacher, to tell people he was called to serve and teach and preach to the Gentiles because they had no idea what was going on. Although when they heard Paul, God would speak to them through their hearts like he does us. He would claim them as his own, working through the mystery of the church. So we see here that church was a mystery hidden from ages past. Christ has revealed that mystery to us, and then Paul is teaching that revelation to the Ephesians and to us as we read his scripture and his word. Now this mystery revealed is kind of like when you find something that you've stored away, maybe you have an old purse or a wallet that's stuck in the closet, or in my case, the top drawer of my dresser. I stick it there, I'm, sometimes I'll get in there, it may be years before I find everything that's in the back. But every so often you might find something that has something of value. Maybe you had an old wallet that you had some money stored, you know, stored away in. You find that money, and it was always there, but you didn't realize it was there. So this mystery is kind of like that, where it was there, but the people didn't see it. Didn't understand it until Christ revealed it to them. So where do you go to try to understand the mysteries of your life? 
What questions have you had to answer this year that maybe you were able to find the answers in studying God's Word or discussing that with a fellow believer who could understand Scripture and explain it to you better what's happening? We always want to go to the Scripture for answers. Maybe there are answers that you're asking of other people. Your questions are asking other people. You're receiving answers that aren't based on Scripture. Do you have the discernment to understand maybe that an answer that you're getting is not from God? Are you asking others then those questions, or are you seeking God's guidance through His Word, through uh, fellow believers? When will you ask Him to help you understand His mysteries? Will you, will you turn to Him, look at your Scripture, talk to your family, um, ask, ask a believer that you trust, that you can confide in, to understand the mysteries of Christ and what His plan is for you? We continue then in the rest of chapter 3 where Paul is praying for the believers to be strengthened and filled. Paul was always a very strong advocate for supporting the people that he would write his letters to, the people that he would teach and preach to. He was always wanting to pray for them, to strengthen them. He was fully aware of the trouble and the challenges and the trials that they had and that we have that we cannot do our own. We cannot handle the, the temptations of this world we can't handle the, the glory and the fame and the success that we have without understanding where it comes from. So Paul is, is praying for strength. Let me read then the rest of this chapter, 14 through 21, chapter 3. For this reason I bow my knees before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and earth is named, that according to the riches of His glory He may grant you to be strengthened with power through His Spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may have strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth, and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all that we may ask or think, according to the power at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus through all generations forever and ever. Amen. So we see here Paul's a great example for us where he prays to God for the faith of all the believers, for their strength, prays for the church, individually, the members. He prays for them to be filled with God's love and power. Because when that happens, then we express God's love and power in what we say and do as well. So when we, we see here that the only way that, that we can do the work of God is through His power, and then God receives glory through His powerful work in the believer's lives, in our lives as well. So what have you seen God doing in your life this week, this last month, this last year? Have you seen His power change you? As His power changes you and then enables you to do what He has called you to do, He has then given the glory for your faith and the life that you do. It's God's purpose for you to serve Him in love and faith, as it was for the Ephesians to then bring Him the glory as you serve Him. So God has specific work for you to do. Each of us has a job to do. It may be as simple as the job you're working in now in, in terms of your, your workplace. It may be a role that you fill in the church. It may, it's a role that you fill in your family. We each have a job to do in those, in those positions. But how much do you want to know then what His work is? There's more to it than just that. He's got more for you to do. 
And are you then plugged in to that power source we talked about earlier? Are you plugged into Christ as your Savior? And then connecting with Him, then you receive Him as your Savior and Lord. Then you're made alive and ready to serve Him and work with your fellow believers. You can trust God's power to work in your life. That's one thing that I'm confident that you all can understand and do understand, that the power that God gives us works in our lives. So how are you trusting Him then to work powerfully in your life? And then will you take that and share that with, with your family as you are a leader in each role that you fill? Let's pray. Dear God, we, we thank You for Your Word. We thank You for Paul's letter and the example of, of his teaching and then his example of prayer. Help us to, to lean on Your Word, to trust in You, knowing that You have a plan and a purpose for our lives. Help us to open that door to, to begin to walk with you and fulfill that uh, service to you. So in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.